We're going to, we've been praying about experiencing what God has for us as a church and, you know, experiencing the fullness of the Spirit. And I think we know how to pray for that. So the question now is, is how do we, uh, how do we begin to focus our prayers for the church? Because the reality is, is that's ultimately why we're here. We're here to pray for our church, to communicate with the Lord and pray for our church. And so I was thinking about that today, and my mind went to a very classic passage concerning the early church. I'm, I'm sure when I read the verses to you, you will we will understand. And, and the reason why I thought what I would do is, is I would introduce it today, but then over the next few weeks, I'm going to take, I believe I have seven points here, I'm going to take each one of the points and expand it about how we can pray for each one of those areas for our church. So I'm going to go just do an overview tonight, kind of show us how to begin praying for our church, and then over the next seven weeks we will take each one of those areas and look at the scripture and see how do we pray for our church in that area, okay? Um, because what we want to do is we want to be the church that God wants us to be. We want to be prepared for whatever he has for us. So, But as I begin that discussion, I really need to talk about the forgotten reality. So if you have your notes, you'll see that's the first section there, and uh, there's two points I want to make there. First one is this. Many believers are confused about what church is. Okay, so I'm looking at folks who have been in the church most of their life. Okay? Uh, and you can remember back... I, I mean, I'm, I'm serious. I can remember back 30, 30 years ago, church being so much different. The attitudes in church were so much different. Perspectives of people in church were so much different. Commitment levels were so much different. Everybody had a sense of why they were there. And so here we are 30 years later, and when you talk to people about church, it's just one option among many on Sunday morning. Or they view church in terms of other things, like, um, well, you know, I, I come for the music. Really? That, is that, that there's got to be more to it than that. Or um, I, I've had people really stress to me about the membership thing, like they were belonging to the moose, and they required certain benefit, some benefits from being a part of the membership. I've had that happen in 17 years here. And, and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, you, you, you're not understanding what church is. And I think, I think that's... That's very true today in our culture. I think most people don't know what church is. So, you know, they want a church, you know, we, and if you look at it in our community, we have so many different varieties of churches now. And they all have their own twist of why they're there. And that's okay. Bless you. But I, 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 I'm, I think we're missing what church is about. And, 
I think that's the problem. We've, we've, we've forgotten the reality of church. So, so because of that, it's easy to lose focus as a church. It is so easy for a church to lose focus. Why? Well, we're looking, whether it's from the pastor down to leadership, down to the average person in the pew. You know, I, I constantly am hearing people saying to me, well, my young person is now going over there. Well, why are they going over there? Uh, they like the music. Okay, I understand they like the music. Is there anything else? Are they connecting with the people there or anything? Okay, I understand that. Or, um, I'm going to that church because it's a Republican church. Okay. And, 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 you know, we laugh at that, but hey, you and I know people that that's where they think church is. Church is supposed to be on that end of the political spectrum. And really, especially in a country that's pretty, even in our area, there, not everybody's on the same page as that. I mean, I remember two weeks after the election, I put something up on the sign out there that I had put up several times over the last 17 years, but this was the first time that I actually got a letter telling me how dare I bring up politics, and what I put up there had nothing to do with politics. But whoever was reading it was reading it through the lens of what was happening politically after the election. So all of that stuff, whether it's, you know, young person people or not even young people, but people wanting something else or, or people wanting a focus or even a social action. That's the real big one now is what, what kind of social action are you involved in and what can I do social action wise? Okay, that's that's great, that's wonderful, but to be honest with you, all of that expresses that as a church, we're, or people in a church, we're losing our focus. And see, the pressure then is on the church who is trying to keep its focus is to conform to these other things, because that's working or something. So what do we do? What do we do? Um, I think what we do is pray. But how do we pray? Well, that brings me to our passage. So I'm going to go to Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47. And this is talking about the church right after Pentecost. And I want you to see what they were doing. There were nine things that were happening here. So let me, let me read it to you. In fact, verse 42 gives us four of them right off the bat. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among them as anyone had a need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily 
those who were being saved. So I'm going to talk today about a focused church. And so that's really what we want to be. So I'm, so as we look at these nine points, they're really nine points of prayer for our church and what we could be praying for our church. Okay, so verse 42, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. They were devoted to the word of God. They were devoted to the Word of God. I think if our church is going to be what it needs to be, it needs to be a church of people who realize the importance of God's Word for their life. And so what do we need to be praying? We need to be praying that our people take the opportunities that are there to study God's Word. So, I have been pleased by the attendance in Sunday school. It's been tremendous. I I print 30 notes on, I mean, I used to print 30 and half of them would still be there. But I print 30 notes, just a handful are left. That says something. So we've got more than 20 coming. We have going to be starting up in the fall the Resonate Bible Studies again. We need to be praying God stir the hearts of people to get into those Bible studies. I've been pleased. Lori has been leading a group of ladies out at the house during the summer by the by the fire. I don't know why they're doing it when it's hot, but they're outside, and I think she has about six ladies, six or seven ladies, coming consistently to to a Bible study this summer. And, you know, that that's good. Did you know what I'm saying? That's good. And so we need to pray that our people take advantage of getting into God's Word. Do you know what I'm saying? Because really, to be honest with you, if we're going to keep our focus and not get distracted by the other things that are out there, we mentioned some of them earlier when we talked about a forgotten reality, the only way you're going to do that is by knowing what God's Word says and what we should be focused on. Do you know what I'm saying? and what we should be focused on. So they, first thing it says there about them, is they were devoted to the Word of God. Here's the other thing they were devoted to. They were devoted to spending time with each other. It says they were devoted to the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. That word fellowship talks about that they spent time together. I definitely think we need to pray about that one, because why? We know that commitment levels haven't been good with people. You know, actually, I've been pleased. We've been having a consistent crowd. But we need to pray that people start grasping the reality of what it says in Hebrews, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. You know, so that we can stir each other on to good works, it says in Hebrews. So... The early church, the focused church, isn't just devoted to the Word of God. They're devoted to spending time with each other. Okay? And again, we've got multiple ways of doing that, from the services to the studies to the activities that we do. Hey, we had a great turnout for the picnic. I thought that was a wonderful turnout for the picnic. So... We need to be praying that, that that we spend time with each other. Here's the other one. 
They were devoted to the worship of the Lord. That's what it means there, the breaking of bread. That's referring to communion. Now, when I talk about worship here, I'm not talking about music. So the focus of worship here is the attitude that we have when we come to the table. It's it's an attitude of introspection, of realizing what Jesus did for me and worshiping him with the right attitude because of the salvation that I have. And and I think that's what's missing. I you know, I'm I have grown a lot in 30 years as far as a perspective of worship and ministry now. I used to think as a young guy, you just need to change the music. You just need to change the music. Well, you can change the music, but you can still have the same problems and still have the same attitudes. What needs to change in people is hearts. Do you know what I'm saying? And you can have, you can have a group of people where maybe the worship isn't the hippest thing there is, but they're coming and they sense the presence of God in their midst and, and they're worshiping him because they, they realize who they are and who he is and they give glory and honor to him. And I think that's what is missing in our churches. You know, I think that's what's missing in our churches today. I think that's some, we, you know, a year ago we started praying as leaders for God's presence to be real in our service again. And I think we've been sensing that and there, and we're seeing the fruit of that. You know what I'm saying? It's like we're waking up and seeing the fruit of that. We need to keep praying that way. <coughs> so they were devoted to the worship of the Lord. Now here's the fourth one, and I think all of us recognize this is lacking. They were devoted to prayer. I can remember when I first became a believer, the preachers would talk about prayer meeting as being the hour of power. Have you ever heard that statement? And then going to churches and watching it gradually disappear because people didn't go to it anymore. And I, you know, I even wrestled with when we started Refresh, what would the attendance be? And, and the real reality that hit me, because I was listening to a message where the guy talked about this, it really isn't about how many people show up. It's about whether or not people are praying. And that's really it. And I think what needs to, folk, we have to renew our focus in our church on on prayer, praying again, asking God to be here, for his presence to be here, and, and stirring our people to become not just people of the word of God, but people of prayer, where they learn how to talk with the Lord, where they learn how to communicate to him and share what's going on in their lives and pray for each other and pray for the church. These folks devoted themselves to prayer, and I think we need to pray that we become a praying church, that God would somehow break through to us and that we would become a praying church. You know, I can remember 30 years ago, guys wouldn't tell you, I don't want to pray because I don't like praying out loud. Preachers back then just told you to pray, and you stood up and you prayed. It's almost like you were taught to pray 
by being asked to. Now, it's not uncommon for people to say quietly to me, don't, don't call on me to pray. You know, do you know what I'm saying? And I understand we live in a more self-conscious age, but we're talking about talking to God, lifting each other up. So they were devoted to prayer. Now, here is the fifth point. It comes from verse 43. Verse 43 said, Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. They were impacted by God's presence in their midst. What's going on in verse 43 is, is that God was working in their midst through the apostles and it drew a holy awe from the people because they realized God's doing something in the midst of the people here. Okay. All right. You know what? We have a, we have a very good worship band. I think the preaching's okay. But can we can we at least admit none of that's drawing a whole bunch of people through the door? And here's what the conclusion I've come to. It was never meant to. I mean, after a lot of time of eating a lot of cheeseburgers, worrying about it, I've come to the conclusion that was never my responsibility or the band's responsibility. It was what's going to draw people here is because people walk in and they see God here working through his people because we are collectively the temple of the Holy Spirit. And because they walk in and they sense that there's something different here. And yes, preach, good preaching's okay and good music is okay, but really it's about, is God showing up here? And that's what we need to be praying about. God, we need an old-fashioned revival of your spirit in our midst. You know, do you know what I'm saying? We need you to show up and convict people of sin. And God, we need you to show up and comfort people. We need you to show up and change hearts. We need you to show up. And, and these folks were impacted by God's presence in their midst. Here's the next thing. <clears throat> they were willing to sacrifice to help each other. Look what it says, you know, verse 44 and 45. I remember as a young Christian hearing independent Baptist preachers talk about, this wasn't communism. I think you're missing it by talking about this wasn't communism because that's missing what's going on here. If you look at verse 44, it says, and all who believe were together and had things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided among them all as anyone had a need. What's going on here? The verse 44 is basically saying that the people did not see themselves as better than each other. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? It, it's like 
Yes, we have people from different social economic statuses in our church, but the people who were at a higher level didn't see themselves as being better than the ones who were on a lower level. So that when people had a need, people sacrificed to help other people who had a need. That's really what it's talking about. It's talking about people, ultimately, can I tell you what it's talking about? It's what Jesus said. By this shall they know that you are my disciples. What? By your love for one another. It's the expression of love. It's the expression of love in helping people. Do you know what I'm saying? It's not saying, go sell everything and help out the poor. That's not what it's talking about. It's talking about those in the church, you being willing to help out somebody else in the church. And it shows that you genuinely what? Care for each other. That you love each other. So that's something to pray about. Now here's the final one. And I think this is where we need help. I'll read verse 46 and 47. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. Stop. What's going on right there is it's basically talking about the daily routine in the church. But that's not my point. Look at the rest of verse 47. And the Lord added daily, added to the church daily those who were being saved. Here's the seventh point, and this is what we need to definitely be praying about. A church with a proper focus has an impact on the lost. A church with a proper focus has an impact on the lost. I mean, think about it. If our focus here was on music, yeah, you know, you could say, oh, music draws people in, they'll be able to relate. Yeah, but have you listened to the mall lately? Have you listened when I'm in a car with somebody who's not going to church? They're not listening to the Christian radio station. Do you know what I'm saying? They're still listening to the music that they listen to. So music's not going to be the draw there. Uh, politically, if you line yourself up in a certain perspective politically, uh, you're going to alienate a good bunch of people. There's a bunch of people who are dyed in a wool fast about what their position is. And then you've got a whole segment of young people who are coming up who couldn't care less about anything. So you've got to be careful with that one. So if you're focused on things that are not the biblical focus, what we just mentioned here with these other six, I don't know that you're going to make an impact, but I think if our focus is in the right place, where it should be, and we're sensing the presence of God, and people are excited about that, it's going to impact your life that you're going to reach out and touch other people with the gospel. And I and and you know what? We still live in a community where most people are going to hell. Where most people that we rub shoulders with on a daily basis are going to hell because they don't know Jesus. And we got to get our focus back. So 
this is what I think we should be praying about. Lord, help our church to be focused like this. Help our church to be focused on reaching the lost. Be focused on sensing your presence in our midst. Be focused on being there for each other. Be focused on being men and women of the word and men and women of prayer. Lord, be focused on worshiping with our lives because we recognize the salvation that you've given us. Lord, be focused on spending time with each other because we enjoy each other's companies as brothers and sisters in Christ. I, I think this is what we, I think this is what scripture is calling us to. And as we're praying about being what God wants us to be, I think this is what we need to pray for.